Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to episode 235 of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about living, working, playing, and living, wait, I said living, in and around the games industry. <laughs> it's been that kind of day. My name is Samantha Blackman, and I'm an associate professor at Purdue University, uh, where I talk about, read about, write about video games. And I am joined tonight by two of uh, my two fabulous co-hosts. Uh, Victoria Breger and Jordan Lukomsky. We'll start with you, Jordan. How you doing? Who are you? How are you? Doing pretty good. Definitely wearing out those last few months of a very uh, hot summer. Uh, lots of stuff going on, but all going pretty well. Uh, like you said, I'm Jordan Lukomsky. I'm an outsource environment artist currently working at That Snow Moon in los angeles california working on stuff stuff <laughs> <laughs> just checking if it was still stuff <laughs> occasionally things most More of stuff. stuff yeah got you got you makes perfect sense <laughs> all right victoria who are you how are you i am doing all right i'm victoria i'm a phd candidate here at purdue studying rhetoric and composition, which is really just a cover for me spending all of my time studying games, mostly controllers and gamer identity, but retcomp is my cover. It's a secret. <laughs> That's your cover story. Yeah. Technical <laughs> communication is my second answer because it'd be like, shh, it's fine. It's fine. What do you study? Tech com. Uh -huh. It's what uh -huh. I do. It's what I do, what I teach. Just ignore all of those games over there. Those stacks of game informers. Just ignore that. Hey, I feel you. That's that's been my cover story for almost 20 years now. So it just just as they say, ride it to the wheels fall off, Victoria. Just ride it to the wheels fall off. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start with our usual what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking and flip it around this time. Victoria, what you playing? I'm playing so many things. But not like in depth, just kind of the surface level of things so i've been playing stray and oh, oh man i beat this war of mine and it made me sad for a couple of days um one of the campaigns made me a bit annoyed because they have a person with a walking disability where he walks with two canes and can't really do anything with them they just stay on one floor they can't even defend the place and i was like 
as somebody with a walking disability, I am offended because I could defend the hell out of a place if I needed to. Um, so that that can't uh, storyline kind of annoyed me a little bit. Um, but that's that is what it is. I beat Back for Blood with my group um playing minecraft dungeons and recently got into sea of thieves and mm -hmm. i wasn't sure if i would like sea of thieves because it has when it first came out and for years it's had kind of a notoriously toxic community mm -hmm. and it's four players so me and my group is like yeah why don't we try this it's on the game pass we all have game pass why not try this and me and my partner were out on just the two of us and we were going to get a treasure out of this little island and we saw a ship docked there but we're like oh we'll just dock on the other side and our ex is like right there we'll just run in grab the treasure and put it on our ship and go and we have a little teeny tiny sloop and I wasn't on mic I just had my tv on and the the other team was a, a group of three guys they saw me they did not see my partner who's running around down on the beach finding the treasure <laughs> and they find me they're like oh it's just one girl and she's here and it's just one girl and so they start playing music and i'm like okay i can play music too and in the meantime my partner has found his way to their ship and is aboard their ship looking through their stuff and being like i don't know do they have anything <laughs> what do they have and then like that's on the other side of the island and i'm just sitting there playing music with these guys and they're they're laughing on open mic and i'm just like i'm not putting my headset on like this is fun and they're laughing and they're having a great time and then one of them types in chat kill him and i like backed up i was like oh no don't kill me and they type in chat, you know, just joking. And the other the other guys are like laughing about it. They're like, oh, do we really? We don't want to kill her. And they're on our ship. And they're like, well, I'm going to steal some ammo. Ammo is a never ending resource in that game. You can't steal it. You go to a box and it says ammo. And you go, yes, I would like that. It just stays there. It's never any resource. It's not really stealing. We didn't even have anything on our ship. And then he types in chat, kill him for real. Oh no! And Nick is still on their boat, and they start firing at me. And so Nick unanchors their boat, rams it into the island, and then turns it around and starts sailing out to sea, and starts going through their chests and finding like their fire bombs. And he's like punched a bunch of holes in their ship from the uh, from the rocks, and he's like lighting their ship on fire because they are actively killing me. And because you respawn in your ship. And so they'd kill me. I'd respawn in my ship. They'd kill me. I'd respawn in my ship. They were doing damage to our ship by throwing fire bombs on it and such. And finally, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is getting ridiculous. So Nick is like far out in the ocean mm -hmm. on this ship that is, you know, being scuttled and um, on fire. And finally, I grab my headset and I put it on and they've killed me. And you're like, you kneel, you sit there and kneel while your soul leaves your body. And I am like, hey, I have a really important question. And they're like, what? I'm like, where's your ship? And they started freaking out. They <laughs> killed themselves to get back on their ship. Oh, no. And they killed Nick. And so he spawned back on our ship. We repaired it. We went about our day. And 
they they were flying a certain flag that makes them visible on the map like it's like the the flag of the reaper's coast or whatever and it just basically means they're there to be jerks Mm-hmm. And so we watched them on our map kind of leave the area and we're like, okay, that's fine. We'll grab our treasure. Everything will be fine. And then they turned around and start coming back towards us. And so we start opening it up and like sailing out into the ocean and we're just a little teeny tiny sloop and they're on a brigantine, which has, you know, two cannons on both sides. And I get on in our little crow's nest and I'm sitting there watching them with our telescope. They are being chased down by a sloop. By a little teeny tiny sloop that wrecked them completely. <laughs> I watched their boat sink because they were coming back for us. And this little teeny tiny sloop was like, nope, you're done now. And um, we looked on our, uh, you know, recently in, recently seen list on Xbox. Mm-hmm. And one of them had rage quit completely and was offline. And the other one had rage quit to Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> and the third one was gone too he was like no i was like ah, that's what you guys get that's what you guys get for just playing we were playing music and having a good time and you, and you lit had my, to be a jerk you had to be a jerk about it <laughs> so that's my experience with sea of thieves so far <laughs> see that's how i play sea of thieves <laughs> i like being a pirate though it speaks to my soul i'm like i want to find buried treasure i want to find new- skeletons What's that new Ubisoft pirate game that's coming out? Um, there's a new Ubisoft pirate game that's coming out. You know how Assassin's Creed uh, 4 Black Flag? Mm-hmm. It was like, I want less Assassin's Creed and more Black Flag. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that the Ubisoft game is like that. That's what it's supposed to be, because that's where it came, it came from, right? Because people wanted more... Uh, they wanted more of that. It was called Skull and Bones. It's I'll called Skull and Bones. It. It's coming out in November. Really that might be, down. yeah. It's called Skull and Bones. It's coming out in November. Um, so, I have derailed us with my pirate story, but that was a good story, though. <laughs> like, what are you? Where's your <laughs> ship? Like, that's the question is like not that you're distracted on killing me over and over and over and over again, but where is your ship? It seems pretty left unattended. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you over here messing with me? Where's your ship? Where's your ship? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's cool though. I appreciate a good story. I appreciate it, good, especially when you get back at jerks. I appreciate that. All right, what about you, Jordan? What you playing? I'm playing the regular Wordle framed. Um, playing some more Extraction, but Extraction has kind of a fun event going on. I know that they have like the regular four locations: uh, New York, San Francisco, Alaska, and Truth or Concert truth and consequences um and then they have the other two played modes which are always kind of um timed events but this one seems to be pretty different compared to their previous ones because usually it's um still the same types of levels that you can play just under different conditions uh This one is the Eclipse event, and basically it does take place in the Truth or Consequences maps, but they've added completely different objectives for the levels, um, and they changed the look of the level a little bit. So it's still like the same layout, but it's pretty dark in areas, and other areas are only lit by like this red lighting, so it's very like horror-type lighting. 
um, a lot more scarier than the base game. Uh, and the whole point is that a huge event has happened to cause a blackout in the area. So for the first two um, sections, you're trying to turn on the power, while at the same time you have random events that pop up of this uh, spore. And you try to get close to the spore to get a sample and it occasionally sends out a wave. And if the wave hits you while you're moving, it'll detect you and lots of chaos will too. Uh, haven't gotten to the third level. I don't know if we'll get to the third level um, by the time the event is done. But yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it. it uh, I thought I was going to be really frustrated because I thought it would just be too hard and we wouldn't be really enjoying the new types of um, objectives that they have, especially since in Alaska and Truth or Consequences and the, the base maps, we've been having some frustration. Um, but no, this event's been a lot of fun. Like it's still really challenging and hard, which is why I didn't think I would necessarily like it because we're constantly losing operators to the point where um, where that happened previously, we would get pretty frustrated. But no, this one's just, I, it's, it's kind of hard to explain. Like it's hard and normally I think it would be frustrated, but the, the new lighting and the new objectives has been really fun for us. So I'm sad that it's gonna go, but it's been a nice like a uh, different different thing to do in that game. That sounds like fun. I have not been able to play nearly as much um, of uh, Extraction as I've wanted to, unfortunately. Um, but we'll see. Maybe I'll get around to it at some point. Um, so I guess that's on me now. So there's so much stuff coming out that I wanted to play. And, um, and then see what happened was um, this new gotcha mmo launched <laughs> uh what's well, been like a week now maybe a little over a week eight days nine days well whatever um tower of fantasy um and somebody um in my discord was like hey um this game's out and i was like i have not so i went and looked and i was like oh that looks like fun because it looks like genshin impact but an MMORPG. It's called Tower Fantasy. And I was like, I'll try it. I'll try it just to see. You know, it's free. It's free to play. Um, and I was immediately like hooked. I mean, it's not like something that's going to replace Final Fantasy 14 for me because it doesn't have like that same like deep engaging story or like the same um, the same kind of uh, mechanics like in dungeons and raids and stuff like that. But it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun just like running around, doing quests, looting, um, looting stuff, um, and then opening loot boxes. And I have not spent one red dime of my money yet, which is not to say that I won't, because my general rule is um, if I am playing a free-to-play game um, and having the same enjoyment from it that I would have with a pay game, I can spend up to um, 
what I would have spent on the game in the first place without feeling guilty. So I wouldn't like spend 500 bucks on it, like drop 500 bucks all at once. Would I drop 60 bucks? Yeah, because 60 bucks is like the price of a regular price game. 70 bucks is the price of a regular price game. And it's an MMO. So I could theoretically, you know, spend 10, 15 bucks a month on it and not feel like I was being had because that's what I pay for my, that's what I pay for my Final Fantasy subscription. Um, But I'm having a blast. But like I said, I have not spent one US dollar, one US dollar on this game or any other denomination. Um, And I'm like constantly like opening loot boxes because the game itself just gives you enough currency just from doing regular stuff in the game to buy loot boxes. Um, And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, So, and that's been taking up a lot of my time. So, um, and it's right now it's only on PC and mobile. Um, it's only on PC and mobile. Um, and it's, it's not on steam yet. It's just like through their own launcher. Um, so I've been playing it on PC, but I've been having a blast playing that. Um, so I have not played a lot of the new stuff that I want to play. I wanted to play one of the things I was really excited for playing was bear and breakfast, which I have bought and I have installed, (laughs) but I sit down, I'm like, I'm going to play some bear and breakfast. Right after I play some Tower of Fantasy, and then it's over with. Um, so, um, Tower of Fantasy, um, I've been playing Stardew Valley again because I did a charity stream this week. And, you know, stuff that's like chill and people can like sit and talk seem to do better with charity streams. So, I was like, I'm going to um, play Stardew Valley, which I had not played. Um, since I got my new, had not played since I got my new PC a couple of months ago. Um, so um, I have all these mods to make the grass pretty and, you know, make the buildings look different and make the silos, you know, make everything like look like um, less modern. So I had to reinstall all my mods, update all my mods. It took me like three hours to install Stardew Valley so that I could play it. And then I was like, okay, I have to start playing Stardew Valley again because I don't want to feel like that three hours was wasted. Um, so I played I played a good bit uh, before the stream and then I played four hours on stream and I'm like, I'm going to play Stardew Valley. I'm going to be happy with it until, until next week. But we'll talk about next week in a minute. Um, <laughs> Let's see. And what else did I play? What else did I play? Uh-uh-uh. I think that that's not it. That can't be it. What else did I play? Oh, I'm always playing. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm always playing Fall Guys these days because it's really fun. Um, and it's fun to just be able to run around and do nothing. Um, and, you know, do little obstacle courses and stuff. So, yeah, that's what I'm playing. What are we reading? Jordan, we'll start with you. What you reading? I am continuing the book that I started the last time we talked. Um, Previously, I was only about like two chapters in, but now I'm 
slightly under halfway, but yeah, I'm continuing the Dawn of Yang Chen, which is part of the Greenlit Chronicles of Avatar series, which so far I think is supposed to be around six books composing of three duologies, all written by the same person, FCE. Um, and yeah, as I continue the book, I just really am enjoying it a lot. Like I liked the Kiyoshi books. Um, I read that during some of our podcast days in the past as well. And nothing like super um, major there, but I did mention, I think that the beginnings and parts of the middle were a little bit hard for me to get into. But with this first book uh, in this section, I don't know. I've been really loving all of it. The characters, the pacing, like so far there hasn't been kind of either parts that were hard for me to get into or a lull. And obviously I love the universe and multiple of the characters from the get-go, but yeah, I'm really excited to continue this one as well as see what the next one in this section brings. Cool. What about you, Victoria? What you reading? I am reading Jeanette McCurdy's memoir, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Ooh, how is that? That's been getting a lot of press. I've really enjoyed it. It There's a lot of reflective aspects in it for me um, as somebody that kind of identifies with the complicated relationships of abusive parents or parent and trying to rectify that like sometimes there are good memories but this person is abusive and there's also other aspects of it of <laughs> I did not know this before I started reading the book and I had to put it down for a while I'm like oh too close to home so she is from Garden Grove California which is where my family is from she is Mormon or was Mormon my family was Mormon. She went to the sixth ward of Garden Grove, and that is the ward my family went to. And I was like, I have to put this down now. Like, it's just, I can't <laughs> have to put it down. I have to put it down because there's too much, um, there's too many parallels in this right now for me. Um, like, far off different experiences, but there is, I was like, I have to put this down. But it's, it's a really, it's really honest and thought provoking and kind of a really good mediation on sometimes your parent is not really a great parent or a great person. And it's like coming to terms with that and coming to terms with being a child and living in situations like that. And I, I've seen online, she's gotten a lot of flack for like the title, like, how can you be glad? that your mom died, she's the only mom you've had, you'll ever have. And it's like, well, that's kind of the point is that that's the person that I had as a mom. There is, there's not gonna be a better, like there is, there is nothing that is the person and that's the sad part. That's, I got that person as a mom. So I don't know, I've really enjoyed it. It's, uh, I have to take it in spurts. <laughs> I have not finished it yet. I have had it for about a week and I'm only about halfway through, but it's her, she's a really good writer. She writes in the book that she always wanted to be a writer. It was something her mom kind of killed in her. And after she retired from acting, she decided to become a writer. So it's mm -hmm. it's really good. 
it's heavy though. So if you're not in the mood for something heavy, I would not pick up this book. <laughs> I had to quit. I had to quit a book because it was just, it was too much. I was like, I no, I'm I'm not. <laughs> I was reading a a book that someone had suggested called Honey Girl, and it was it, when when they started with the self harm. I was like, I'm done. I'm not reading yeah. this. I'm not reading this. I'm not, I'm not in a place right now to even want to deal with this. Not even, you know, aside from regardless of whether or not I'm able to, I don't want to. Yeah. It has, <laughs> so done. It has very frank discussions of eating disorders and the treatment of Hollywood, like specifically like Nickelodeon studios and its treatment of child actors. So mm, mm-hmm. on top of the abuse, like parental uh, abuse on a child. So hmm yeah there's a lot there <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it it's a, and you know and that's that's something that I think folks need to you know come to terms with is that yes it's okay to say I'm not reading this <laughs> yep. I don't care um yeah so yeah I think I think that's why um so I'm reading something that is a lot lighter because like I said, I was reading Honey Girl. I got, I literally got halfway. I kept pushing myself. I was like, maybe it'll get better. Maybe it'll get better. It did not get better. Every time I thought it was going to get better, it didn't get better. So I was, the book had 20 chapters um, and I was on chapter 10 and I'm like, I'm done. I have given this the old college try. I quit. Um and so I picked up one of the books. I started reading one of the books that I picked up at the bookstore. Um, yes, I went to the bookstore outside amongst people. But my my trick is to go. They open at 10. My trick is to go at 10 because ain't nobody at the bookstore at 10 o'clock in the morning on a weekday. Um, <laughs> so um, one of the books that I picked up is one I had seen around. Um, it's called Legends and Lattes by Travis ball dream um and it's a a fantasy book um about a uh like a female orc mercenary um who decides she's going to retire and open a coffee shop (laughs) in a time where people don't know what the hell coffee is because she's um she had a cup of coffee at a gnomish coffee shop, like in the middle of one of her adventures. And it like was life-changing. Um, and I was like, I, this resonates with me on so many levels. Um, so I sat down on the couch, um, early in the morning, I got up and I was like, you know, I'm gonna read for a little bit this morning. So I, I picked up the book, grabbed a cup of coffee, sat down on the couch. And I was like, I'm gonna read it for a little bit. And then I'll get up and have breakfast. I looked up, it was one o'clock in the afternoon. I had not eaten breakfast. Lunch was late. <laughs> and I was still reading that book. It, and I, It's just one of those books that just kind of draws you in and makes you forget what time is. Um, because it's just a fun read. It is just absolutely a fun read. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna put this down. <laughs> and I'm gonna wait. Oops, scoot okay had to scoop my keyboard um i'm gonna put this down and i'm gonna wait until i have uh, a little bit more time 
free time because you know school starts next week pick it back up because i've read over half of it but i'm sure that my next sitting i'll just finish it um and so i highly recommend if even if like fantasy stuff is not your jam this is just a good story um this is just a good story it's called legends and lattes um and i'm not usually one of those people who likes those kind of, my, i leave that for my mother who reads like the cat mysteries and the coffee shop mysteries and stuff like that so that's not usually my jam but there was something about this one that called to me and i'm glad i picked it up so i'm sorry cat mysteries i have to know a little bit more <laughs> Have you not seen the cat mysteries? I think they're um who is it? Is it Rita Mae Brown who does the cat mysteries? Um <laughs> yeah, I think it's Rita Mae Brown. My mother reads uh made with an E. Rita Mae Brown. I think she's just the one who does the cat mysteries. Or is that my imagination? No, that's wrong. Never mind. Wait, maybe it is. I think I found it. Cats, eyewitness, hiss and tell, claws for alarm. Rita Mae Brown might be the lesbian books. Which, which, who wrote those? Rita Mae Brown. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, so I think those are the ones because my mom reads those. So Cat Mysteries, Coffee Shop Mysteries. Um, and because I knit, she had once upon a time bought me um, these knitting mysteries. <laughs> my mother she's so she loves mysteries i like mysteries too but i like a different kind of mystery than my mom so yeah she bought me these knitting mysteries where this woman had like uh, it was like a very stardew valley-esque kind of story she goes in and she takes over a, a yarn shop that someone in her family who is ill or died or something like that um has left behind and she starts to solve mysteries in her town but yeah so knitting mysteries um and uh, so there's all kinds of like kind of mysteries that have a different kind of a different kind of uh, bend to them. Um, and Legends and Lattes, like I said, was it was not usually something I would have picked up, but it's not really a mystery. It's a it's a adventure story, which is why I was kind of like, I could I could do this. I could do this. So um, and I, I highly recommend this one. That's what I'm reading. That's what we're what we're playing, what we're reading. What are we drinking? What are we drinking? Jordan, what are you drinking? I think I have a slight redemption drink from the uh, disappointing IPA that was supposed to be the Peach Dream Sickle Milkshake. And this one is a raspberry cream sickle from Temblor Brewing Company in Bakersfield. And I am really liking it. It kind of changes taste slightly for me. Like the beginning tastes like raspberry and then a few seconds later, it's much more cream-like, um, but it tastes how it's described to me. And I really like raspberry. It's not necessarily my favorite or go-to all the time, but I'm really happy with this. And I think it tastes really good. I'll definitely get it again. It is made, I think, think with a little bit of artificial sweeteners, not a ton. It's not like a dessert drink, but it is sweeter than most drinks that I drink. Um, so it probably won't be something I get super often, but uh, 
Yeah, it's super good. Um, I think the most sweet type drink I drink is a uh, hot chocolate. And I forget that exists sometimes. I don't drink it throughout the year. I drink it for like a lot for two weeks, forget it exists for four to six months. And then I'm like, oh, hot chocolate <laughs> exists again. Right. I love that. I'm going to buy that. Um, so I don't know. I'm talking about that. Maybe I'll be drinking that next time. But for now, it is the raspberry creamsicle. And it's pretty so good. Is that an IPA or something different? Um, it is not an IPA. It just says raspberry fruit beer oh gotcha gotcha that sounds that sounds interesting i see but i that's weird because when i hear raspberry cream sickle or peach milkshake i'm like that's got to be sweet I'm, I'm and i would want it to be sweet because you give me something that's supposed to be sweet and it's not sweet then i'm like that's a little weird uh Oh, no. Yeah, it's definitely sweet. It's just not like, I don't know. I guess when I think of very sweet drinks, I'm thinking of like dessert wines, which are extremely sweet for me. This one, you can definitely tell it is not bitter. Like they added stuff to it, but it's also not like eating a slice of cake or um, drinking those dessert wines. I might want it to be a slice of cake. <laughs> I okay. wonder what it would be as a how that would taste as you know how some places make beer floats in the summertime. Yeah, I wonder how that would be as a beer float. That might be good. Honestly, I have not found any of those in California yet. I mean, mostly because we've been inside during that uh, duration. But yeah, the, I really miss the beer milkshakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't found them. That sounds like it would might be tasty. I got you. Okay. What about you, Victoria? What you drinking? Just drinking lemonade today. Mm, I like lemonade. It's one of my favorite drinks. Like fruity drinks, non-alcoholic fruity drinks. Now, okay. Do you like it tart or sweet? Okay. So weird question. Um, if I'm just drinking lemonade, sweet. Um, if I am, but I rarely drink just lemonade. Um, I'll drink like lemonade mixed with stuff. So like lemon, like half lemonade, half tea, mm-hmm. like black tea, iced tea, or half lemonade. Um, uh, also tea, but like, um, the Tazo passion tea, which is a hibiscus herbal tea. I love mixing that with lemonade. Um, but I rarely drink just lemonade or my all-time favorite, which is lemonade and sweet tea flavored vodka. <laughs> but yeah, I usually mix it. But if it's just lemonade, just lemonade, um, sweet. What about you? Sweet or tart? Tart. Oh. I like it really tart. Really? Yep. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, li- I like the tart and kind of sourness of it. Which is weird that like when I when I want like cold drinks like lemonade or like when I was like if it's a raspberry creamsicle beer it's got to be sweet I want that kind of stuff sweet but I drink the darkest strongest coffee I can get my hands on <laughs> but other stuff when it's fruity it's got to be sweet when it's fruity it's got to be sweet for uh, me it also kind of depends but in a different way like if i'm drinking it by itself i'm the same I, I think it has to be sweet but if i'm 
not necessarily if I'm mixing it with anything, but if I'm eating it with anything, like if I'm having a sandwich or chips, then it has to be tart. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. I, I like the distinction of that. If it's paired with something, like you're eating something with it, then it has to be tart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. See, usually when I'm eating, I just want water. Just ice water. Like the more ice, the colder, the better, but just water. Um, unless it's fancy and then I'll have wine and then I'm not really drinking wine with my meal, but more in between things. I'm also kind of like, I'm constantly drinking multiple things at once. So Same. like I have water and tea on like the left side of my desk and then the right side, depending on the time of day. And what I'm doing, it's either like, the raspberry cream sickle or um soda and lemonade but i constantly have like three to four things um which i didn't know if it was super common or not but i was on a meeting the other day and someone started laughing at me because every two minutes i'd bring up a different cup <laughs> i usually have at least two at least two um sometimes three <laughs> But water and coffee, during the day, water and coffee are a constant. Um, but then I may have, because I want something like sweet or fruity, I might have like an herbal tea, like an iced herbal tea, or even maybe a Diet Coke. So, but I always have at least two beverages. Um, and that's just because I drink a lot of water. So water is, isn't always, there's always at least a big old 32 ounce cum tumbler of water on my desk um and then other stuff around it it's, it's strange so i feel you on the multiple drinks thank you i felt very alone there for a while with no, people don't. laughing <laughs> no don't i i am i'm the same way victoria what about you are you a one drink person or a multiple drink person drinks everywhere so i have my water bottle that i carry around with me and then mm -hmm. in the morning i'll have like a um, lemonade or something like a juice of some sort is around. Then by afternoon, there's a soda around, but I haven't finished the juice. So that's still around. And then there's the water bottle hanging out with me. And then in evening and like um, winter, especially I'll drink hot chocolate, but I still haven't finished the juice from the morning. But oh it's okay. Because I like warm juice. It's okay. Like room temperature juice is fine with me. And um still have my water bottle but the soda like the can has been recycled so I'm just alternating things everywhere it's <laughs> it's a problem <laughs> yeah and mine is the same like all the time and I because I noticed that even if I'm sitting on the couch there's a water tumbler or water bottle depending on what I'm in the mood for um and a um like a, a can of soda. I only drink, usually drink one soda a day, but a can of soda or a cup of coffee or an herbal tea, something like that. But there's always two beverages and they're distinctly different. One has to always be water. One has to always be water. I probably drink a gallon of water a day. I would not doubt it. Because um, like I said, I use a 32 ounce tumbler or a 32 ounce bottle. And I probably drink, I don't know, three to four of those a day easy 
Yeah, it's gotten to the point where I jump on a call with some of my friends and they're like, oh, what's for dinner? And I'm like, oh, uh, mashed potatoes. And they're like, no, no, what are you drinking? (laughs) (laughs) It's like an entire menu of drinks. Mm -hmm. I'm down for that. All right. And what I'm drinking um, is I'm drinking coffee, iced coffee, cold brew, um, which, you know, it's, it's going to be weird because I'm not a pumpkin spice person. I'm not a pumpkin. I have given myself permission never to buy another pumpkin spice latte ever because I have to admit that I don't like them. I might have liked them at one point, but I do not like them now. I was uh, about to say, I remember being in classroom and it's like pumpkin spice. <laughs> I was going to say, I might have liked them at some point. I don't now. Um, <laughs> it's like pumpkin spice. Um, but what I'm drinking is uh, an ice cold brew with um, pumpkin spice oat milk. Because, um, you know, I can't have regular milk anymore. But pumpkin spice oat milk, um, which is not terribly sweet. And and I think that that's what it is, is that I don't like stuff super sweet anymore. Um I don't like stuff super sweet anymore. Even even do even desserts. Like we'll order dessert and and I'm like, Pete, do you want to split a dessert? She's like, nope, get your own. Why? Because she knows I'm gonna eat three bites of mine and be done. Um, because I'm like, that's enough sweets. So she then that way she knows she has dessert for the next day too. <laughs> <laughs> Planning. That's exactly what it is. So she won't even, so she won't even um. She won't even, she won't even like split a dessert with me. She's like, no, nope, get your own. Cause then she knows she gets two desserts. Um, and so, but this is just pumpkin spice oat milk and it doesn't taste necessarily really pumpkin-y, but it's just got more cinnamon, more nutmeg. Um, and I don't know that there's any actual like, and, and you know what, that might be the reason that the reason I used to be all about the pumpkin spice and I'm not anymore, especially on campus because it was always Starbucks pumpkin spice and Starbucks changed their pumpkin spice drink mix a couple of years ago and actually put pumpkin in it. So that might be why I don't like pumpkin spice anymore. It's because it's not just like cinnamon and nutmeg and vanilla anymore, but it is actual pumpkin. And that's too close to having fruit in my coffee, which I never do. (laughs) (laughs) Which I don't like fruit in my coffee. I don't like, I don't like fruit in my coffee. I don't like fruit and my chocolate I, they have to be distinct so I can have a nice strong dark cold brew with a splash of pumpkin spice oat milk which gives it that creaminess a little cinnamon a little nutmeg a little vanilla but not that overwhelming pumpkiny. this is no longer a coffee but is now a dessert beverage drink you know what I mean um <laughs> so and so yeah and that's probably what it is. That probably is what killed pumpkin spice for me is when Starbucks started putting pumpkin in their pumpkin spice. Because I just want the spice, not not necessarily the pumpkin. Because I've always loved cinnamon in coffee, um, but not other, not not a ton of other stuff. Yep. So I mean, that's, that's fair. I saw something today. Pumpkin's got like a super strong flavor. The thing I saw today was like, you make a smoothie with... 12 different fruits you throw one banana in there and it's a banana smoothie Uh so I mean same with pumpkin I love pumpkin um but yeah you get a little bit in there and it's pretty strong Mm -hmm. 
just like too much celery. Too much celery for me ruins anything. I like celery and I like celery in things like when you like cook things. But if you put too much celery in it, it's ruined. It is ruined. And people are like celery. Celery has a very distinct, almost peppery slash bitter flavor if there's too much of it. And it will ruin a dish if you put too much celery. So completely understand pumpkin, celery, and yes, banana in any smoothie makes it a banana smoothie. That is the honest to God truth. <laughs> that is the honest to God truth. It's like, you can put anything. It's like, I want to put 18 tons of spinach, avocado, and I don't know, liver in my smoothie. You put a banana in there, all it tastes like is a banana smoothie. <laughs> I mean, at that point, that's kind of, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You put anything you want to in a smoothie. It's like, I need to get all these veggies and fruits in, throw a banana in, and it, you won't even taste them. All you taste is the banana. It's the honest guy truth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So that's what we're playing, <laughs> what we're reading, what we're drinking. Um, probably way more than what folks wanted to know about our drinking habits. But you know what? Hey. I appreciate it. Um, so this week, what we're going to talk about is Stray. Um, the the new-ish cat game that came out um, where you play cat um, in, a po- in a post-apocalyptic world. Um, and I've said this before, and I'll say, that, say it again. I had no desire whatsoever to own a PS5 until they announced uh, Stray, and they initially said Stray was going to be a PS5 exclusive. Um, so uh, I, I, that made me buy a PS5. Um, and uh, so we played slash tried to play <laughs> Stray, um, so that we could talk about it. Um, I played it. Uh, I played it at launch. It was, but it was, it was, it was a lot of fun for me um, because I like cats. Um, I think we all we all own cats, so I thought it would be fun for us to to play Stray and to talk about it. So I'm not gonna talk about it up front. I want to talk about I want to talk about it with y'all. What did y'all think? Did y'all like Stray? Um, did we have issues playing Stray? Um, <laughs> I want to know. Who wants to go first? Um, I don't mind going first. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I also played Stray at launch, um, played it for about two weeks. Uh, and for the most part, I thought it was a delightful game that got me crying way more than I think it had the right to. <laughs> um, it's a shorter experience, but that length also really depends on how much you explore, which is something that I am starting to really enjoy games. Traditionally, I love open world games, but I'm finding it harder and harder to play that type of genre. So this one is like that perfect balance for me where it's overall a shorter experience, but it still has a lot of exploration and encourages that exploration. Um, And obviously I loved playing as a cat. but despite the extreme uh, detail and the care that the developers took to en- encapsulate cat and everything cat, 
the game unfortunately falls into similar pitfalls of cultural appropriation that we see in, uh, I mean, it was post-apocalyptic, but also had elements of the cyberpunk genre. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of my overall big points and take from the game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would agree. I would, I would agree wholeheartedly um, on a number of points. I too um, spent, because the, the, the game experience itself, if you play straight through um, and just play the main story, I think people say that the playtime is about eight hours, six to eight hours. Um, I finished it. Uh, I finished it in about eight which um and finished it on stream in about eight hours which is almost unheard of for me finishing a game on stream um in the amount of time folks say it's gonna take and i did this thing when i was playing it in and that like there were flower pots sitting on lots of window ledges and they're gone Yes, that became my life's work. That became my mission was to knock all of those flower pots off of all of those ledges because I the the sound of those flower pots breaking when they hit the ground below was very satisfying. Well, not just that. And you also mentioned we all own cats and I love and adore my cats. But in some ways playing this game was kind of like payback in a way where it's like nah I'm the one knocking off and breaking stuff I'm not supposed to you can sit there and watch and be mad because they were mad they were mad I was paying more attention to this game than them so yeah yeah I have uh one cat Izzy who absolutely loved watching this game I mean she just sat there and stared like wait there's a cat on the TV doing cat things, but also doing things that cats don't do. Um, And then, but there were so many interesting things that were like cat-ish in the game. Like um, there would be like spots that would be marked for like exploration or marked as clues. um, And it would take like a a lot of it is puzzle-based, right? So it would take you a minute to get to that spot and you would get to that spot and your cat would just lay down and take a nap. <laughs> I was like, wait, I just spent 10 minutes getting up here in this little nook and you're going to take a nap. That was what this spot was marked for. It was a nap spot, um, which was a joy. <laughs> it was actually a joy. Um, but uh, yeah, so, I mean, there was lots of cat-ish things. There was lots of cat-ish things. I played on PS. Five. What did you play on? I also played on PS5. Okay. Um, and I guess one clarification for my cats. They I was a little disappointed because I was seeing all these posts of like, oh, my cat loves watching Stray. My cats did not care. Like <laughs> I would mash the meow button. I would do everything. Like, look, cat, do cute cat things like other cats. And they just like... I'm just mad that you're paying attention to a game. Yeah. But yeah, I played on PS5. So Victoria, what about your experience? (laughs) 
Well, first, my cat polio was 100% offended that I was in the office. She does not like it when I am in here. She's like, you should be elsewhere because this room is the worst room. I don't know why, because I sit with the window open most days and she can look out the window, but... Yeah, she was she was offended that I was paying attention to this and in the office and she was not having it. So I played on the computer. I played on Steam um, and I could not get through it. I, I played like an hour and a half, I think, and I got so motion sick. I was so sick. And I like the game is beautiful, but mm-hmm. the quick camera changes and... Mm-hmm. The use of the mouse to look around, and I don't know if it's proximity to the screen that was impacting it. Um, I turned the motion blur all the way down, like I turned mm-hmm. that off, did not help. And I just, I could not do it. I was like, I am so sick. And it stuck around, like motion sickness just sticks around for me. And I was just miserable with it. Um, I'm so sorry. I completely <laughs> understand. I completely understand, but go ahead. I'm sorry. It's it's the first game out, not in a VR headset that has made me that ill to play. Like normally, mm. I get ill in VR headsets, especially with uh, games like Minecraft, where you look around in the VR headset and it jerks the camera movement mm-hmm. too quickly. Um, I could play super hot in the VR headset and be perfectly fine because it relies on slow movement, mm-hmm. but the jerking around with the mouse and the game even says like, this is optimal with the controller. I'm like, it'll be fine. I don't want to go out into the living room because the layout of my house is weird. It's a long trek to the other side of the house to uh, get a controller and then bring it back here and get it hooked up to the PC just to play this game. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was, I, it was pretty, but and I got through finding all the notebooks and the first one I was like I have to I have to lay down now <laughs> oh I completely get it because um I, I have I have really bad motion sickness um for for a lot of games that it's just yeah um and and it does it does matter a lot of times if if for example if I'm playing on um pc or if i'm playing on console um if i can get a different frame rate or like proximity or like how much you can tweak the settings um i'm sorry i that that really sucks um that really sucks and then there's a lot of bouncing in that game too because it's very bouncy with the catwalk yes um and i don't think that there was a way to turn that bounce off there was a lot of things that you could tweak but i don't think that was one of the ones you could and that definitely could have been it because there are certain games like uh what is it dying light i cannot play because it bounces too much with like the walking and the running i play that game or even watch that game for like five minutes and i feel like i'm gonna toss my cookies well even minecraft the uh the bounce in minecraft if i don't turn that off i'm like no i will look like i am gliding across things on my screen i cannot handle the walking bounce Mm -hmm. i can i can here's a weird thing about minecraft i can play it i cannot watch other people play it because there's something it's just like driving 
Um, I can drive just fine. I have to drive. I cannot be the passenger. It makes me car sick. So if I'm if I am ever riding in a car, I sit down in the in the passenger seat and go straight to sleep because otherwise I'm going to be sick the whole ride. That makes sense too because you have like that grounding experience. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're ever on a road trip together, <laughs> driving gives me a lot of anxiety. So. <laughs> You're like, you can drive. It's fine. (laughs) But yeah, no, this one was interesting because I don't get motion sick super often, but when it hits, it lasts for like six to eight hours for me. Um, And this game for the first like hour, I definitely had to span across multiple play sessions. And I don't know if I was just getting used to it after that or what, but the the beginning was definitely a lot slower for me because I had to stop and go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 pretty interesting because um this is not spoilers. I mean, I don't know how spoilery we're gonna get. But um, so the game starts out is like, it, it's such a cute game. It's like you start out and you're like a cat and you're hanging out with your cat buddies. You're just like a cat gang running around doing stuff. And then you fall down a hole no. and, <laughs> and, you, and your buddies cannot save you. You're not dead. You're just like in a different space. And then you, it turns out that you're in this like underground world, right? So what you're doing at this point is you're trying to get out to get, you know, back to the upper world. Um, but it also, you run into this little robot drone dude, um, robot minion dude, who is like, hey, I worked with this scientist and he knows these people and we're trying to do this thing. We need to get out. So you go and you find all of these um, and this is when you get into things like like appropriation, right? Um, when mm-hmm. you start running into uh, other robots, um, because there's no humans down there. You start running into other robots. Well, also um, the posters. Oh, yeah. And the posters. Um, so you run in, into these other uh, robots um, who are also uh, kind of trying to get out, trying to survive all of these different things. Um, And then there are these horrible, what are they called? Zergs? It was Zergs. It was Z. Yeah. I was like, was it a G or a K? I can't remember. You run into these Zergs um, who are these um, creatures that seemingly thrive off of organic life. (laughs) And so, like I said, when it was a lot of the things were puzzle based, it's like a lot of them were. So, this is what kind of caused a kind of disconnect for me is that I found the game very chill, right? Being able to just like walk around and smack pots off of uh, ledges <laughs> um, and do cat things, right? Just living my best cat life. But then you would find these moments where you had to make it through um, waves of Zergs. Um, without getting eaten and it was very stressful yeah there 
Again, this is in the first five minutes. So can I go into that in a little bit detail? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I mentioned that I cried a few times. And when I mean a few times, I mean quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and one of them was at the beginning where you, as you mentioned, you're with this group of like your cat family, your cat friends, and you're in this drain pipe. And I was like, oh my God, no, no. I, Cause I, I didn't know much about the game and it's raining. And I was like, I'm going to wake up and all my cat friends are going to be washed away. This is going to be horrible. So you mm-hmm. fall asleep for 30 seconds. They, they're fine. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, huge relief. So I was like, this game is going to be a breeze for me emotionally. It's going to be fine. And then five minutes later, as you mentioned, no, your cat friends are fine, but you fall quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, other than kind of the motion part of it, that's also where I had to stop because I was like, oh my gosh, no, my cat fell their heart they've got a really hurt leg and around the time that i was playing this a few weeks ago my real life cat also had a broken leg oh no um and so like the stuff that was happening on screen was happening in our apartment and i was like oh my gosh nope nope can't do this like it's yeah i just hit really hard and i was like i really hope they're okay like in the game, like I'm dealing with this in real life. I don't want to have hurt this cat just by playing this game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but overall, things are okay. Like there's a quick recovery. Um, won't go into too much detail. But then later, as you mentioned, there's this uh, pattern between, oh, you're doing puzzles and environment exploration. And it's chill and it's fine. And then you have these levels of oh my gosh, there's so many things that can kill me. Um, And the first time that my cat did not quite make it, I was really (laughs) thrown off because I was like, can can something actually happen? I don't know. And I wasn't even trying to test it. I was really trying hard Mm -hmm. not to do anything. And that was another time I had to stop because I was like, Oh my gosh, I was not prepared yeah. for my electronic pet for stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I was I was exactly the same way. I was like, wait, this is supposed to be a super chill. I'm just living my cat best cat life game. What the hell's going on around here? <laughs> yeah, I completely, completely get it. I completely get it. Um, and and there were a couple of things. There was one, there was one puzzle in particular, and I'm really good at puzzle games. I'm not singing my I am not singing my own praises, but I am really good at puzzle games. There was one puzzle, not gonna say which one it was, that it might have been the fact that I have been probably playing five or six hours at, or, mm, we'll say four or five hours at that time. Um, and I might have been a little tired. I was also streaming, but there was one puzzle in particular that for the life of me, I could not figure out. I won't say which one it was, but I could not figure out. 
And I was, and, but there's, there's no way around it. And I was getting really frustrated. I was like, am I not going to be able to finish this game because I can't do this puzzle? Um, and there, and there's, there's no, I, unless I'm mistaken, there wasn't a difficulty slider. It's like I said, I played it at launch, so I can't remember. There wasn't a difficulty slider, was there? So there was like one level of difficulty. So you couldn't even like turn the difficulty down to get through a part or whatever. Um, and it took me, it took me a minute and it took me a good minute. When I say minute, I'm long, way longer than a minute. And I finally kind of figured it out. And I was like, oh, I know what it is. Um, so I was able to like make it through at that point, but I was really frustrated and really disappointed. And I know that we have this, we have this argument in the games community we as in jerks in the game games community have this argument all the time about that gate the oh, that revolves around that get good mentality and if you can't do something if something is too difficult um like the try hard gamers the try hard games the the souls like games then you just can't play it too bad too bad so sad right um which is absolutely ridiculous one um because it doesn't hurt anybody else's game experience for you to make it through uh for someone else to make it through an experience by you know skipping a puzzle or turning down the level of difficulty or what have you um and and that was like the first time in a long time and like i said it was probably because i was tired usually when that happens in a game that's a puzzle game or what have you i'll turn it off and just say, I'll come back tomorrow and do it or come back another day and do it. When I come back the next day, I can get it on the first try because it was just that I was overtired or I wasn't seeing and thinking clearly enough um, or just I had been able to process it like off screen in my head or what have you. Um, and I think that for uh, some folks, there were several of those moments. Um, and I was I was disappointed in the fact that that there wasn't the ability to skip a puzzle or turn the difficulty down um, on this game um, in a game that is clearly sort of more of a kind of cozy game for a lot of folks because you're a cat running around doing cat things, right? You're cats in bookstores and cats sleeping on pillows and cats sleeping on shelves. I mean, I would have liked to have seen this game be playable um, in a number of different ways. Does that make sense? Especially since it's such a short experience. Yeah, I, I mean, I know you don't want to say specifically which one, but can you say if it was like middle, beginning, or end? Um, middle to end. Okay, yeah, it might I'll have... give you. Can I? Oh, I'll, I'll yeah. tell you. Uh, it was on a roof. Okay, I think I know which one you're talking about. I had a similar experience with one of them where, um, yeah, I just had to put it down and come back. But it was at the end. And um, it was, for, for the most point up to this part, I was having like a really good time. And then when it's, I hit this, it was really frustrating and upsetting. And I just couldn't figure out what it was. 
And I went into the settings and I also didn't find anything. I think later in a few days, the most I found was how much health your cat had. Oh. Um, but in terms of the puzzles, not so much. And there was something at the end that just really got to me and I couldn't get. Ooh, I can't. I, you don't have to tell me now. I can't wait to hear this, though. I was, I'm wondering what it I bet I know what it was. It was at the end end. Yeah, it was, it was pretty much end end. Okay. Yeah, I know which way it was. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was at the end end. And it was frustrating because I got the first one and the third one was also pretty bad. But the middle one, wow, I was I was running all over the place doing all the cat things. <laughs> and I was like, I cannot find. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've been talking a lot about the cat things, right? We've been talking about the cat things and the puzzles. Um, and, and for the most part, the puzzles weren't horrible, but like I said, I'm really good at puzzle games and I can imagine someone who is not good at puzzle games. Like there was someone who was watching my stream who's who I know, and I've seen them play puzzle games on their stream, um, who is not that great at puzzle games. And they were like, nope, I cannot play this game because it, the puzzles were definitely challenging. Um, they were definitely challenging, but not overly hard. But there were some of them that were <laughs> made me want to toss my controller out the window, um, at least one or two. But I want to talk about the I want to talk about the appropriation thing. Because um, you you mentioned that early on, Can, and and I don't feel like this is story spoiler. So let's talk about that. Tell me what you tell me what you think. Tell me what. Uh, Tell me what you think about that. Um, I mean, there's a few things. One is with the aesthetics and part of it is with the developer's responses, which ties into aesthetics. Um, in interviews, we found out that uh, they directly took um, inspiration and certain uh constructions of the city from a real life place called Kowloon Walled City and they even took the direct name or part of the direct name as the Walled City um and this is just part of it there's also some graffiti and rice hats but uh one of the biggest ones that I saw people talking about again was the fact that they directly said yeah we saw references of this place called Cowlands Walled City. And, you know, we just thought it looked interesting. So we're just going to apply it to our game. Yeah. We're not going to mention any of that history and the mm -hmm. fact that players garner an understanding of certain things through games. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just take it into account, like, if you were to put your yourself in the situation of you come from a certain, like, culture, location, or a history where there's a lot of um, pain regarded to that, and someone is just like, yeah, I saw pictures of it, and it looked cool. Mm -hmm. Like, nah, 
And there's a lot of history um, in Kowloon Wall City. Uh, like it would take an entire multiple podcasts just to go over it. But I guess long story short, um, and we can dive into more detail, but it was a location outside of Hong Kong that through multiple wars, both the British and the Chinese government um, were competing for this space. And over this time, the Chinese lost uh, some of the power in that space. British colonialism took over. um, And over multiple decades, uh, this location, which originally was known as Kowloon Fort, became a hub for people that were escaping a civil war before that were escaping multiple wars. And it became like this melting pot of both refugees and people fleeing the law. And in the end, um, again, very glossed over, there's a lot of history here. Uh, It became a location that has a lot of complex feelings involved with it. For some, it was a place of refuge and home, but there was also a lot of, uh, again, British colonialism. Mm -hmm. And uh, when the uh, triads came to Uh Uh-oh, I think we lost Jordan. Oh no, thank you. I hit the button. Okay, I heard you say you said <laughs> when the triads came and then you got yeah. cut off. You got cut off. But can I I want to throw in something something interesting. Yeah, because there was yeah. a, I, I read in um when the game first came when the game first came out, there was a an interesting article, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes that came out in Kotaku, I wanna say. Um, which uh where they actually talked about like the 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 walled city and the use of the wall city not in as uh, surprisingly enough not surprisingly enough as much detail as you're talking about it in and i think that you're that you're doing an amazing job of talking about it but just like the the things that it kind of like pulls people's coats on and this kind of um the this kind of techno orientalism that 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 we see in the game but also in a lot of cyberpunk stuff kind of as a whole um and, and it's is disturbing right and and like you say you know you don't just take something because it looks cool and say hey we're going to use this in our game because it looks cool without thinking about all of the history um and the implications behind it but i'm sorry um can you go back to uh can you go back you were talking about the triads yeah no (laughs) horrible spot to hit the space bar (laughs) um and i can go into a little bit more detail i I don't have like a ton of in-depth and also staying in my lane a little bit but the research that i have done um yeah these uh the triads came in and generally in western culture especially through other video games um that has a very negative connotation. Uh, but in this case, it again, there's such complex history and feelings here where people that lived here have very different accounts. Um, and on one hand, the triads were helping organize 
what a city government would usually do. And at this point, you have neither the Chinese nor British government having full reign over the situation due to multiple historical conflicts. But yeah, they were organized waste collection, recruiting for volunteer fire departments, but also because there wasn't um, a lot of oversight, this became a huge uh, area of the drug trade. And not to mention like this was the most populated per square mile in history, even to this day. Mm -hmm. Um, And eventually the city was demolished in between 1993 and 1994, it finished in 1994. Um, But yeah, you have this very complicated and heavy history stemming from colonialism and war. And in the math, in the aftermath, you really have a lot of these complex feelings where some people are like, yeah, this was my home. This was my refuge. But also it was a, a place of a lot of struggling and strife. And there's reasons for that struggling and strife. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and uh, a lot of people I see commenting are like, well, why? Like, it's just inspiration. Why does it matter? Like, you address these things. And uh, like, just put yourself in that situation. If you were, and I know if you don't are not coming from that, you can't fully do that. But just try to think, like, if you came from a place that had this much um, complex feelings and this much history and reasons for that history if someone came out and was just like yeah i saw pictures it was cool yeah like i'm gonna use it for artistic inspiration but i'm not gonna really address any of it like that's gonna feel really bad and also that's gonna be not so great for how people consume that media and understand it yeah yeah and and you know it's just of course of course you have that person who's like but it's just it's just paying homage to yeah but that's not something that you necessarily pay homage to and think about because life doesn't exist in a vacuum neither does culture neither does our history we have to think about what all these things mean so that we're not being reductive that's the, I, I'm going to use that as a nice word because I was thinking something that was not so nice, but not being reductive. And uh, it's easy to gloss over, right? It's easy to gloss over as the as a consumer. Um, and I won't say as a developer, but as a consumer, it is easy to gloss over because we are so used to consuming that same kind of um we're so used to consuming uh, media in the cyberpunk genre that when we we look at and talk about, even when we talked about cyberpunk uh, 2077, right? So starting to think about the problems that exist with that game um, and thinking about um, what it means that it is so readily acceptable as just a part of the cyberpunk genre without interrogating the problems that exist within that genre as a whole. Does that make sense? It does, because you also have to look at the history of where that genre was developed and stemmed from. And if you actually looked into 
cyberpunk and mm. where that started, there's a whole lot of racial history there as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're just perpetuating that, then you're just continuing what was started. And yeah, it's just what's continuing the issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to see, and and there's so many things is like, like I said, I wanted this game to be so much more um, than, and maybe not so much more. I wanted this game to be a good, not that it's not a good game. I wanted it to be something more comfortable, but there were so many like points of discomfort, right? From the cultural appropriation to uh, the uh, lack of accessibility, right? Um, And I feel like the game itself, just in terms of some of the options, was not as accessible as it could have been, should have been, Um, which also was pretty disturbing when you're talking about having a game um, that is supposed to be a comfort spot. Does that? And I think that for a lot of folks, they were expecting the game to be comfortable because again, cat game, right? Is that, that, that's something that um, thinking that it was going to be, I don't, I don't like using this word so much, but cozier than it actually was. Um, is a is a bit of a dis is a bit of a discomfort is a bit of a discomfort on a number of levels. But so overall, question: um, What'd you think of the game, Jordan? Um. I mean, I I finished it. I finished it pretty quickly and in a time period where, I don't know, I'm not really finishing games or (laughs) not playing a ton of games. And the games that I am playing are uh, usually like uh, the dailies, like the Wordle and Extraction is uh, uh, round-based. Overall, I, I liked it because, again, it fell into that space for me where it wasn't a super long experience, but it still encouraged me to explore. And I love exploring. Um, And it allowed me that space to do it, allowed me that time to do it. Uh, And I love, I mean, obviously, other than being cat, uh, I, I also agree with you with it being kind of like the cozy game and the juxtaposition of oh hey all these horrible things can happen was a little bit jarring uh and not being able to turn it off mm-hmm. um but beyond that uh the puzzles i really liked uh the pacing for the most part i liked there was a few instances where it felt like there was a lot of build up and a lot of leading into certain areas. I don't want to spoil too much, but again, the game is segmented into certain sections and there definitely seemed like, oh, hey, we're finally at this area that we've been talking about forever. And the game has been pretty exploratory, but not not this place. Mm-hmm. Nah. Um, 
And so that was, uh, some of the pacing was a little bit weird. Again, overall, the exploration versus the shorter experience I enjoyed, but the pacing in certain areas was off for me. Uh, I really grew close to a lot of the robots and each area has like its uh, arc, its story, its characters. And I really had a hard time saying goodbye in different ways mm-hmm. to those characters. Um, and again, the point of view of a cat, I mean, obviously I love a cat, but ob- just the changing of the size, I really have started to realize that I enjoy games that play with perspective. So um, certain Final Fantasy bosses that are really big or it takes two where you go down into a certain size and explore environments at this micro level. Um, because we're playing a cat, you have a degree of that. So there were so many things that just really appealed to me that I liked. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, there was also certain things like some of the pacing, some of the expectations of what I thought it was going to be versus what it ended up being and resulting in needing to pause the game, go have a cry session, come back. (laughs) Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, and we, we talked about the cyberpunk genre, the history there, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was such an interesting game because it was really all across the board. And recently with a lot of games, I'm like, I really like this game. There's a lot going for it or that's nah, not really for me. And this one was really split, uh, but I did finish it. And overall, I think I liked it. Mhm. Yeah, I think I, and I'm you know me, I'm never I'm a person who always when I, when I think about games, I don't and I don't think about the price. I think is this worth that uh the is the experience worth the the price point? And overall, overall I say yes. But there was so much more because again, going back to what you were talking about with the expo- the element of exploration, I felt like I wanted to explore more and I felt like I didn't get to. Does that make sense? Because, I mean, yes, there were moments where you could explore, but there were also moments where exploration brought danger. Um, and I wanted I wanted to just be able to, at the end of the day, for just a little bit, in some certain situations, be able to cat. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just be able to cat, you know, be able to to walk around and explore and learn more um, about, learn more about the world we were inhabiting. And that's where I get into the issue with world building. And it goes back to the, the issue of appropriation. There's a lot of lazy world building going on in this game. Uh, and, and, and maybe that's because, you know, it wasn't meant to be the kind of open world game that I was expecting, which is an open world game that gives you that space to explore the world and to learn more about the world rather than um, relying on uh, just basic cyberpunk tropes. 
Um, and that was a little disappointing. And maybe I just had too high hopes for the game in the first place, because like I said, it was the game that I saw and I was like, you can be cat. I will buy whole PlayStation for that. Um, <laughs> and, and I was, and I was excited. Um, but just the, the lack of depth of the world building was a disappointment for me. Um, I, and, and having tempered my expectations, um, or yeah, having tempered my expectations, I think that, um, hindsight is 2020 and maybe I shouldn't have expected as much as I did. Um, but I feel like they were kind of pushing that, pushing that, um, that kind of depth that didn't exist. Does that make sense? I think it does because uh, I, I didn't look too much at the trailers before the game, mm-hmm. but after I played the game, I went back and I looked and I don't know, in some ways it seems like they recognize kind of maybe some of their pitfalls because there's definitely things that they advertised or the way they constructed the advertisement that doesn't come across in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, definitely understand what you're saying from that point and I don't know there were there were certain areas that I was like okay I'm ready to move on to the next area and then like I said like certain areas that I was like we built up to this point for half the game (laughs) why are we not exploring it um and I grew really attached to certain of the uh characters uh made it hard to say goodbye but yeah, no, I, I I understand what you're saying. And based on the trailers and then based on how certain patterns in the game actually played out, it definitely felt like an incongruence in certain areas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I need it now. I feel like I just need another cat game that's gonna let me like cat. <laughs> I need a cat game that's gonna let me cat cat to the fullest and explore everything. Because I mean, I mean, if you look at actual cats, right, and the way your cats explore things, the way they will find one thing, one hole, one niche, one box, and spend great amounts of time exploring all the nuances of that thing. I want to be able to do that in a video game, in an open world game where I can explore a city to the fullest, where a real story gets told and not just, oh gosh, I don't want to say that word. And not just, I'm going to say it, stolen. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Because there's so much possibility, right? If you're going to use it, if you're going to use the wall, the 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 image of the walled city, then don't just make it, you know, don't just make it a visual thing, right? Make it a real thing. If you're going to use this as an opportunity, because they they kind of it is a mixed missed opportunity, right? Because they're talking about what used to be there, what is there now. Um, you get like snippets of stories from the robots who live there. 
if you're going to have that, then why not use that in some meaningful way rather than being reductive? And that was kind of infuriating. That was kind of infuriating. Um, and and I remember reading uh, it was I read a couple of articles about the about the game after the fact. It might have been one that sticks in my mind the most is that Kotaku piece, and that and, and that was probably the one. I'll put the link in the show notes. But they talk about the fact that even you know the fact that they're talking about the walled city um, that existed in, in that exists in in China, uh, but yet and still you have all of these things around the city. Um, that are written in Japanese kanji. And I was like, so again, we're just going to say, oh, they're all the same. <laughs> and we're going to put all these things together in some kind of, in some kind of mishmash. Um, and it was, it's a disappointment. It's a disappointment, especially, and like I said, for me, I think that the disappointment comes from the fact, one, that not only it does these things, but two, that I've been waiting for this game for so long and expected something better, uh, better from it than what I got. Let's put it that way. I don't know. Can I talk a little bit about the ending? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I mean, not cool, but... I think that also came across in some of the narrative themes and part of what they were aiming for, because the ending comes across as a little bit ambiguous, but also hopeful in a way, like you're opening this opportunity, it's a new beginning, Um, but again, because you're pulling from this very specific place and this very specific time, that's not how it ended for a lot of people it ended in this the destruction of their livelihood the destruction of their homes um and so yeah it's not just just an aesthetic thing but it's also a narrative thing where you're implying like there's we we took from this uh history and this location but it's all good like we're going to a better future and for many people that was not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, yeah. The ending is 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 when I I'm not gonna give give specifics, but the ending could be a little disappointing. Um and a little what's the word I want to use? Sad but not in the way that people think it's sad. So I, that's that that's not a spoiler, but not it's sad but not in the way people think it's sad or maybe um I don't know. I'm going to leave it at that cuz I'm about to spoil stuff. Um I don't know. Um hmm, I'm trying to think of a way way to say stuff without being spoilery and it's almost impossible so I'm going to shut up. Cuz I don't want to spoil it for people who still haven't played it. So I mean yeah, it's a it's a it's a game that you should probably check out if you're interested in checking it out. It's just, uh what thirty bucks, which is not terrible. Um, it is, but temper your expectations and don't expect this this fully open world, um, 
experience that they may have or may or may not have suggested might exist um, from the from the trailer. But just know that, you know, it has it has a shortfalls, but it does have its extremely cute moments. Um, it does have its extremely cute moments where you can curl up and and be a cat on a shelf in a bookstore. Um, but then it also does have its problematic moments that that need to be interrogated as well. Oh, that's the best way I could put it. <laughs> that's the best way I could put it. If you had to do it over again, would you would you still play it? That one's an interesting question for me because I'm just not a huge fan of replaying games in general. <laughs> um, unless it's like specifically turn like uh, like extraction. You're, you're it, it's built around replaying different levels multiple times. Um, but yeah, no, I struggle replaying games that have the same um, narrative. Uh, I might replay it again in the future, but it would have to be some time. One, just because of, in general, how I play games. But uh, yeah, I feel like there was a few things I missed. Uh, and this fell into like my meh category uh, of, I, I don't know if I like it or not, but the side quests in the game were so organically woven into the dialogue and story that in some ways it was really cool mm -hmm. but also in parts i was like is this a side quest <laughs> i want to look it up because i don't want to spoil things so without going into too much detail example you're trying to find a DD &D sheet i spent like an hour trying to find this DD &D sheet did not find it don't know if it was a quest because of how the quests are introduced in the story Mm -hmm. um so i think in that regards it's it's pretty interesting but i mean i did play it pretty fully i played it pretty extensively and it was frustrating to see your cat get injured and um the cultural appropriation so i don't know if i can give a satisfying answer if yes <laughs> it would be some time yeah, I would love to see them like come back and do an update that gave you more of an opportunity to just kind of explore. I would love to see. I mean, hmm, hmm. I would love to see another game. I would, I would love to see another game, not even by the, by the same studio necessarily, but a, another game that lets you be a cat in in as satisfying a way. Um, but gives you the ability to explore and doesn't appropriate so i want a totally different game is what the answer is i mean it wasn't a bad game it wasn't a bad game it was 30 dollars. it's fine um i don't know i don't know it's kind of like angry. the dark pictures though like oh. we want some we originally like the idea of this co-op but very narratively entrenched story that is heavily based on choice that's uh of the horror genre but someone other than super massive take the reins <laughs> there's some stuff yeah exactly i want this game by someone else is is kind of what it boils down to <laughs> i totally get it 
I totally get it. All right. Um, so yeah, that's that's about as as, as thorough as we can as I can get without being spoilery. I don't want to spoil stuff for people. I feel bad if I spoil it because I, I want people to, to play it if they're interested in it. Um I want people to play it if they're interested in it, but just you know, know that there are, are moments and possible limitations. Um, so they can temper their expectations like I wish I would have. <laughs> Like I wish I would have. Oh wow! But you have a PS Five. But I have a PS Five, exactly. And in the in the meantime of waiting for that game, I also played Miles Morales, which was amazing. And I also played um, Ratchet and Clank, which I had a blast with. And um, you know, the um, oh God, what is the name of this game? P and I played that dang game beginning to end um with the Sackboy game <laughs> like the, the game Sackboy which is also an amazing game so I played a lot of amazing games that were not stray because I was waiting for you know stray didn't come out immediately um and I'm happy with the purchase overall so and I was able to find I was able to find a, P, a PS5 so yay team <laughs> So yay team, it's fine. All right. So I guess that can will bring us um to the end of our discussion of Stray. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll look for another cat game in the future. Um, but you know, like I said, it, it, it is it is interesting that it falls and falls back on a lot of tropes of the genre. Um, that we've seen elsewhere so it's not necessarily a surprising thing it's not necessarily a surprising thing but I guess that will bring us to the end of uh episode what is this 235 I know what episode it is this time of episode 235 um and uh thank y'all for for hanging out and talking about video games for another week I appreciate you um, and so until next time, when we have episode 236, um, I will say, take care of yourselves, take care of one another. And as, as always, my friends, game on.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.